So I really wrestled with what to talk about tonight. We had a plan to finish out the series that we were in uh, called We Don't Talk About That. But as I looked forward to what was ahead and uh, I thought about in the, the week gone by about what was we were supposed to talk about, it didn't really fit. And if I'm really honest, I felt uh, out of my league to discuss the nature of the, that topic. And it probably wouldn't have been helpful. Uh, so I made a decision to not and to, to do a one-off. But when you do that in my world, that leaves you with this question, uh, what am I going to talk about? And you're like, oh, you're going to talk about the Bible. Well, if you have opened your Bible lately, it's a lot. So I like, I'm not just going to like open it and trust the Lord to blow like wind to the place that I should go. So I just spent some time praying, just me and my Bible and the Lord. Uh, and I had a handful of things in my head that I thought that I would talk about. Uh, but I was in this room walking amongst these chairs, which I often do to pray for you and to pray for what we might do. Uh, and this is what I, I feel like God impressed on my heart to uh, give to you all. And really, this is uh, for me as well as it is for you. Uh, this is the one thing. One, it's one thing or if it's not the thing. That if you go through our ministry here at Bay Area that I want you to grab, that I want you to leave knowing. And it's this. That there's nothing on the planet more satisfying than Jesus. If you leave here and you miss everything that I ever taught you. If you leave here and you forget everything that I said except for this. There's nothing more satisfying than Jesus. I want that to be something that's in your head and in your heart and in your soul. You would launch out into whatever it is that God has for you next. Knowing that. Jesus is the only one who offers the satisfaction that I'm, that I'm looking, really looking for. There's nothing more satisfying than Jesus. And we'll see that as we look at these two texts. So Psalm 16, I'm going to read verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. You guys can follow along on the screen. You guys can follow along in the Bibles that you've opened. Psalm 16, verse 11, it says this. You, God, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 145, verse 16. You guys can follow along. You guys can look in the Bibles. You open your hand. That's God. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. So what we are looking at is that Jesus is the most satisfying thing ever on the planet. He is the most satisfying source for us. Psalm 16 says, In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That's a satisfying type of language. God, there's nothing more satisfying. There's nothing more pleasurable than being in your presence and getting things from your right hand. And in Psalm 145, it says, God, you open that hand. You know what you do? You satisfy every living thing. Well, if you're in here and you're living, that means you. God opens his hand and he satisfies every living thing. Because this is true. There's nothing more satisfying than Jesus. And, and this, I'm passionate about this because the reality is this, is that every one of us, me included, every human on the planet, is looking somewhere to find satisfaction. So it's, that's not even up for debate, whether or not we want to be satisfied. That's not even a question on the table at this point. The question that is on the table is this. Is where are we looking and can it actually provide what we need? Where are we looking and can it actually provide for what we need? And there are a, a bunch of different sources that we would look to for satisfaction. If we could just bring this into our world. And notice I'm saying we, us, me and you. 
that we run to for satisfaction. Maybe you run to relationships. If I, if I could just get him, or if I could just get her, if I could just be friends with, or if I could just get the attention of, well, that would make me happy. That would satisfy me. That would make me feel like I matter, or whatever it is, the synonym that you use for satisfy. But what it is, is that you're looking to a relationship to satisfy you. Or maybe it's not relationships. Maybe you look to academic success. You guys are heading into finals and you're like, dear sweet Jesus, if I don't get straight A's, if I don't get a 5.0 because of all the AP classes that I take, I'm going to scream because I have to have this academic success. I have to give you the top 8%, not the top 10% anymore. That's irrelevant. You're top 10, not good enough. Top eight now to get into a good college because you have to go to a good college. And if you, if you go to a good college, you have to get into the honors college. And if you get into the honors college, you can go to the best grad school and the best grad schools. So you can get in the best job and the best jobs. So you can get the best house and on and on this goes. I need academic success. It makes me feel like I matter and you chase it and you might sacrifice on that altar because if you get academic success, it feels like that satisfies you. And maybe you're like, look, bro, I'm just trying to get C's and make it out alive. I play sports. And you're looking to athletic success. I just want to be good on the field. I want people to notice I want to wear the letter jacket. I want to arrive in high school with my letter jacket and step on top of the mountain of all the minions and look down and say, look, I have arrived. Because athletic success is what satisfies me. And I'll chase it. Maybe it's social status for you. If I could just be the most popular in wherever that is. If I could just get this many followers, if I could get this many likes, if I could get this many retweets, if I could get people to notice me and make me more popular than I think that I am, that, that would satisfy me. If I could get the pleasure that comes from sex that I, that I think would satisfy me, then, then maybe that would be it. So I'll look at stuff on a screen or I'll do something with him or her because I think that's what it's going to be that satisfies me. I'll chase it. I'll run after it. Maybe if I could just get the approval of my parents, then I'd be satisfied. If I could get a, I'm proud of you. If I could get a, we're so glad that you're our son or daughter, then, then, then I would be satisfied. Then I would be happy. Maybe for others of you, it's not, if I could just have a normal family for four seconds, I would be satisfied. But for many of you, you're frustrated because your family is defined by brokenness and frustration an argument, and you think by yourself, why can't we be like this family? Why can't we just be normal? If I could just have a normal family, I'd be satisfied. And on and on that list could go, right? We could keep talking about that for the rest of our time together. This is the reality. Whatever you fill the blank in with of, if I could just have fill in the blank, then I would be happy. If I could just have fill in the blank, then I would be satisfied. Whatever that is for you, that's the thing that you're looking to for satisfaction. Or maybe you're like, I don't have anything to fill in the blank with. Well, think about it like this. If something got taken from you, do you feel like you could be satisfied without it? Whatever that thing is, is probably the thing that you're looking to to find satisfaction. Where are you going? What's the source? Because we're all looking to be satisfied. It's just a question of where we're going and can it provide what we need? But the premise on the table is this, that Jesus is the most satisfying. There's nothing more satisfying than him. The question that you ought to be asking in this moment is, how do you know that? How do you know 
that Jesus is the most satisfying. How is it that Jesus is the most satisfying? Four statements. The first one is this. Jesus is most satisfying because Jesus created you. Everything else that you would go to 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 find satisfaction was created by him. Therefore, it's lesser than him. Jesus is more satisfying because Jesus created you. So everything that you would run to to find satisfaction was created by him. Therefore, it's lesser than he is. Hebrews chapter one, one through two says it like this long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, that's Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Jesus, creator. John one, one through three. In the beginning was the word. We're talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. That's Jesus. And without him, Jesus was not anything made that was made. Everything that exists was created by Jesus because Jesus is the creator. Therefore, everything else that you would run to outside of him is created by him and therefore lesser than him. And yet we do this. We run to created things to find satisfaction. This isn't foreign to the Bible. This happens. God, through the apostle Paul, talks about this in Romans chapter 1. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their minds and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. That's created things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and did this, check it out, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. They traded the, cre- they traded the creator for the creature. They went after something the creator created. So it must be lesser. They ran to satisfaction from something that is lesser than. Jesus is most satisfying because he's the creator. Everything else that we'd run to is created by him. Therefore, it's lesser than him. Second thing is this. Jesus is most satisfying because Jesus meets our greatest need. Everything else that you would run to is going to leave you in that need. Jesus is most satisfying because Jesus meets your greatest need. And every place that you would run to outside of him is just going to leave you in that need. What's my greatest need, Cade? Liberation freedom, rescue from the penalty of sin. That is the wrath of God being poured out on your sin. I don't need to convince you that you're a sinner. None of you in here leave here thinking, I'm really good at life. Like I'm awesome at this. You know, you know, like the darkest parts of you. So I don't need to convince you of that. You're well aware of it. But here's the deal. You will not run to a source outside of Jesus that will fulfill that need in you. You won't. You will try to, and it will leave you in need. When Jesus is inviting you in to find freedom, to find help, to find payment for the penalty of your sin through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And there's no other way to fulfill that need. Jesus is most satisfying because he's the only one that fulfills that need. Acts chapter four, verse 12 says it like this. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other option. You might chase other things, but there is salvation in no one else. Jesus is the only one that supplies this need. 
those other places that we run to are only going to leave us in need. Paul says it like this in 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, is saying, is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. That was the purpose. Jesus came to pay the penalty and give us rescue from the wrath of God against our sin. Jesus is most satisfying because he meets our greatest need while everything else leaves us in that need. Third thing is this. Jesus is most satisfying because Jesus actually gives the life that he promises while everything else that you would run to promises life but can't deliver. Jesus is most satisfying because he actually gives you the life that he promises. Well, everything else will promise you life, but it won't deliver. Isn't that true? You'll chase relationships thinking, I'll get this and it will make me feel complete. And then you get in the relationship and girls, you're like, gosh, that guy's an idiot. And it doesn't satisfy you like you thought it would. You get the grades and guess what? You have to move on to the next grade or the next classification of school and nobody cares about your high school GPA anymore and you've got to chase something else because it wasn't as satisfying as you thought it was. You'll get the letter jacket. You'll stand on top of the mountain. You'll graduate high school and try to wear your letter jacket to college and everybody will look at you like, what is the matter with you? We don't wear those here. Because what you thought would be so satisfying was a lie. It promised life, but it couldn't deliver. Jesus promises life and delivers. John 10, 10 says this. This is Jesus speaking. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why he showed up to extend life. He's the only one that, he's the only one that comes through on that promise. There's a scene in John chapter 6. Jesus had recently fed the 5,000. They're like, wow, that was awesome. Did you see what he did with all that bread and fish? Like, okay, so five loaves, two fish. Like, this is crazy. Uh, He just made a lot of food out of a little food. That's awesome. Let's follow him everywhere. And they start to press in, press in, press in. Jesus is like, we got to get out of here. And he gets out with his boys and they go across the sea to the other side and the other people are like, no, 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 no. We got to go. We got to go find him. That was real cool. Let's do that again. And they find Jesus and they're like, Jesus, where have you been? He's like, let me just get after this real quick. You guys are just here because I fed you and you're after another meal. They're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? That's not true. He's like, look, you're chasing bread that's going to perish. I'm going to extend to you bread that will never perish. I'm the bread of life. And they're like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, yeah, I'm the bread from heaven. That if you would eat of this bread, you'd never hunger again. They're like, sweet, give us that so we don't have to chase you across this sea again. He's like, okay, you want to do that? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. They're like, whoa, I don't want to do that, man. But this is what Jesus requires, to be consumed with him. And in that moment, you know what happens? They're like, uh-uh, and they bail. They turn away. And it picks up in verse 66, and it says, After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. It was too hard. Verse 67, So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? So the crowd leaves, and Jesus turns to his boys, and he gives them this off-ramp. Hey, this is hard. Do you want to leave too? Look what Peter says. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
you have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter answers the question that Jesus asked, do you want to leave too? He goes, Jesus, where else are we going to go? You're the only one that has the words to eternal life. We could go to other places. We could chase other rabbis. We could do other things. We could go back to our job fishing, but you're the only one that has the words to eternal life. You promise life and you deliver. You're the Holy One of God. You're most satisfying. We're going with you. Jesus is most satisfying because he promises life and and he delivers. When everything else that you would chase after seems to promise life, but it can't deliver. It can't. Fourth thing is this. Jesus is most satisfying because Jesus satisfies for eternity while everything else at best satisfies for a moment. Jesus is most satisfying because he brings satisfaction for eternity while everything else at best satisfies for a moment. And that same scene in John chapter 6, Jesus says to the people in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He calls them out. Verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his Sealed. Jesus says to them, stop chasing things. They're only going to satisfy you for a moment and you're just going to want more later. Chase something. Go after something that will satisfy you for eternity. And that thing is me. Jesus is most satisfying because he satisfies for eternity when everything else at best satisfies for a moment. You're like, no, no, no. It's good. Like my girlfriend satisfies me, man, for a moment. Look, even you're going to get married one day. Your spouse will not satisfy you. And if you look to them to do so, they will fail you miserably. Nobody wants that burden. If Jenny looked at me as the one to satisfy her, I would blow that up daily. If you look to academic success to satisfy you, the grades will be great for a moment. And then what? What happens the day that you get a B? Does your world go upside down? You're like, oh my gosh, my 4.0. What happens the day the sport ends? What happens the day that you're not most popular? What happens the day that you don't get parents' approval? The things that you're looking to for satisfaction, what happens when it's not there anymore? Because it's not going to be forever, I promise. But the satisfaction that Jesus gives is forever. What Jesus is offering is eternal satisfaction. Everything else at best offers satisfaction for a moment. It will be like this. And they feel good for a little bit. And they feel right for a little bit. Maybe even a year. But not forever. Not forever. Jesus is most satisfying because he satisfies for eternity. While everything else at best satisfies for a moment. So the question then is this. What does it look like? What does it look like to live satisfied by Jesus? How do we do this? Like when we leave here, Kate, what does it look like to live satisfied by Jesus? The first thing is this that it looks like you seeing everything else as lesser and insufficient to satisfy you. If Jesus is most satisfying, then everything else is insufficient. 
So why even go? If Jesus is most satisfying, then you can have contentment, whether you have or you do not have. The things that I previously mentioned, relationships, social status, athletic, academic success, parental approval, whatever the thing is for you that you fill in the blank that you just have to have to be happy. When you have satisfaction in Jesus, you're content with whatever it is that you have or do not have. Philippians chapter 4, Paul says it like this. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. He's in prison. Now that I'm speaking of being in need for, not that I'm speaking of being in need for, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He's in prison. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Here's the secret. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You might have slapped that on your football jersey, but it's not what it's about. It's Paul saying, look, it has been upside down, backwards and sideways. I'm in prison and you know how I can be satisfied? Because Jesus gives me strength. He's most satisfied. So if you're satisfied by Jesus, you're content whether you have or you don't. If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you don't, you're like, you know what? Jesus is better than that. If I have academic success, athletic success, parental approval, social status, if I do or don't, Jesus is better than that. Jesus is most satisfying. And if Jesus is most satisfying, what does that look like? The last thing is this. If Jesus is most satisfying, then we can embrace whatever circumstance we go through with joy. We can embrace whatever circumstance comes with joy. Just think about, like, read the book of Acts. Some of it's really awesome. Like, they preach and thousands of folks come to Jesus. Sometimes they preach and they get beaten. Like, okay, so in Acts chapter 5. Some of the apostles, the disciples that were following Jesus, they preach. They get arrested. They get thrown in jail. An angel comes and frees them from prison, and they go and preach again. And, like, the, the officials are like, gosh, it's so frustrating. Like, they, we just told them not to do this, and they're doing this again. This is, I'm, like, I'm frustrated at this point. They go get them, and they bring them in. And a religious official is like, hey, guys, you probably shouldn't do anything significant because, like, if, if this isn't from God, then it'll fizzle out. It won't be a big deal. But if it's from God, you're not going to stop it. And this is what happens. Acts, Acts chapter 5, verse 41. They bring them in. That guy says what he says. Then they beat them and let them go. And this is what they resolved. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. Then they left the presence of the council. After being beaten, they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Who in their right mind does that? Like, man, hey, Peter, wasn't that awesome? We got beat up. That was neat. Let's do that again. They left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name. What kind of people do that? Satisfied people. People that see. There's nothing more satisfying than Jesus. So if it's good or we get beaten up for the sake of being faithful, we will keep going because there's nothing more satisfying than Jesus. Look at me. Your life will not always be perfect. 
And when it goes upside down, are you going to shake your fist at God? Or are you going to say, this stinks. This is not good, God, but you are most satisfying. And I will hold on to you in the midst of this crummy circumstance, believing that you are not changing with this circumstance. You're more satisfying. Now, the question then that we should ask is, how do we fight for this satisfaction every day? Because it is a fight. Let me just be clear about this. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect. I don't want you to leave here going like, well, I just can't, I can't do that every day. So I guess I'm a failure. Like, look, I have to fight for this. But the question is, how do we do this? How do we fight daily to be satisfied by Jesus? The first thing is this. Eliminate the other false sources of satisfaction where you can. Eliminate them. So if you chase a relationship for satisfaction, get rid of it. You're like, Kate, they might be the one. They're not the one. I'm just going to, like, they're not. You're 14. They're not the one. You're like, well, we could be the point zero five. You're not. If you run to images on a screen to satisfy you, get rid of your computer. Get rid of your smartphone. Get rid of your phone. I don't care. You're like, how am I going to communicate with people? I don't know. But get rid of it. Get rid of the false source of satisfaction. I don't know what it is for you. You're like, well, I can't get rid of school. You're right. I can't. You can't. Well, so should I get like bad grades now? No. Like, hey, my mom, dad, kid told me to love Jesus more. So I got a failing grade on this test. Nope. In circumstances like that, it's an issue of your heart. Hey, I'm going to study. I'm going to work hard. And if through my working hard, I don't keep a 4-0, I'm going to be all right because Jesus is more satisfying than that. So get rid of whatever you can get rid of, whatever false source you run to. Second thing is this, how do we fight daily for satisfaction? That you would fill yourself from the right place such that you wouldn't desire anything from another. Think about it like this. Uh, We just rolled through Thanksgiving. Uh, Many of you ate double your body weight in food. Such that you sat down and you were like, if someone put food in front of me, I would vomit because I'm that, it's like I'm that full. I don't have, right? You didn't have an appetite for anything else in the same way. What if we so filled ourselves with Jesus by abiding in him that we didn't have an appetite for anything else? What if we found him to be so good and so, and we were so full of him that we said, I don't even want that. I don't want it. So fill yourself from the right place such that you wouldn't desire anything from another. Last question. What would happen if we actually lived this way? What would happen if we lived satisfied by Jesus? What if Bay Area Student Ministry in the 4B area, we were people in Clear Springs High School, Bay Area, Clear Falls, wherever it is, Creekside, I don't care, your neighborhood, I don't care where you go to school, I don't care where you run. What if we were people that lived where we lived, satisfied by Jesus? What would happen? Here's what would happen. Jesus would be glorified and people would desire that satisfaction. Jesus would get lots of glory and people would desire to be satisfied like that. People would see your satisfaction in the midst of, like, like something goes upside down and you're, and you're not like, you're not like out of your mind. Like, man, I just love bad circumstances. Isn't this good? Bless the Lord. Like, no, it's not like, 
but you're holding on to a better satisfaction. And everybody else is chasing a relationship or social status or academic success. You're content because you're, you're after a better satisfaction. If you lived that way, you know what a stressed out teenager would do? Can you give me that satisfaction? I'm tired of being stressed out by whatever subject it is that you pull your hair out at night trying to do. Where do you get that satisfaction? This happened in the scriptures. Jesus shows up to a well. A woman shows up to the well. He's like, hey, girl, can I have a drink? He's, she's like, um, excuse me, you're not supposed to talk to me. They get into a conversation. He's like, if you knew who was talking to you, then you'd ask me for a drink and I'd give you living water. She's like, what? What? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. If you read the Bible, it will not sound like this. If you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. She's like, great, give me that water so I don't have to come back here. Whatever shame that she's carrying, whether she's a prostitute or has like had five husbands that have died, I don't, I don't know. She's got some kind of shame from brokenness in her life. She's like, great, give me that water so I don't have to thirst again. And Jesus is like, I, I'm, I'm the one that gives you that water. I'm the Messiah. She's shocked by it. She runs back into the town, drops her buckets. The disciples roll up to Jesus because they had gone to find some food. And they're like, Jesus, you were talking to a woman from Samaria. That's weird. You're not supposed to do that. She runs back into the town and she's like, hey, 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 everybody. Which everybody would have been like, is this that woman? Like the woman that's like got some relational issues, like homegirl. Like she's had five husbands and like either she's sleeping around or like five of her husbands are dead. That's real weird. We shouldn't trust her. So she comes to these people and she's like, hey, come and see a man who's told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And this is what happens. John 4, verse 39. Many, many Samaritans from that town believed in him. That's Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Samaritans become followers of Jesus because a woman came to a well and found satisfaction from Jesus ran back into the town and said, you have to get this. You have to be satisfied like this. Come and see a man. And they believed Jesus. What would happen if we lived like this? What would happen if you resolved there's nothing more satisfying than Jesus? What if you were the person in your friend group that said, look, I'm not gonna chase that. There's nothing better than Jesus. Jesus is better than, than the relationships. He's better than the, the pleasure that you would get from chasing pornography. He's better than the, the academic success that I would sacrifice anything on that altar. He's better than all of that. I would chase him. He's far more satisfying. People would long for that. They would hear you say, come and see a man who gives you the kind of satisfaction you can't find anywhere else. And they would believe Jesus because they would taste and see he's good. Why don't you bow your heads and pray for us? If you're in here and you're not a follower of Jesus, I don't know where you are with the Lord, uh, if you consider yourself a Christian or not. I don't know. However, I don't want to assume that you are. So if you've been associated with church or uh, you have some knowledge about God, but you don't know Jesus through relationship, you've never placed your trust in him that he lived, died, and rose from the dead so that you could have a relationship with God. If you've never done that, 
God is offering that to you today, right now. What Jesus is inviting you into is to be satisfied forever. So come and be satisfied. Don't chase it somewhere else. And if you're in here and you're a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, you're well aware of the fight that it is to be satisfied by the right thing. So here's the encouragement. Don't go back to the places that will just leave you wanting more. Cut them off. Fight for what's most satisfying. Come and be satisfied by Jesus. Hold on to him.